Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome to the weekly podcast, The Unchangeable Truth. We just sit down with Pastor Stephen as he discusses his sermon from Highland Park Baptist Church, and we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. And we ask you to go ahead and, and click that subscribe button, click that like or the follow button. And then again, we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. So keep listening as Pastor Stephen discusses his weekly sermon. Hey, it's Ryan Tucker, and welcome to the Unchangeable Truth Podcast. I am with Pastor Stephen once again as we go through his weekly sermon, and we are right in the middle of our VBS week with lots of kids and workers all over the campus, so we've been having a hard time trying to find time in a space that's not loud to do our podcast, but we found one, so we are in the middle of VBS doing the podcast, talking about Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 10, what is real love? So, uh, Pastor Stephen, how you doing, man? How's the voice? Yeah, it's uh, it's good. It's actually good, as long as I'm not having to scream at uh, 1,100 kids. Well, and... yesterday you were using a megaphone with a microphone <laughs> to communicate to the kids. So That's true. Yeah. Um, it's it, it comes and goes. There you go. Yeah, All comes right. And goes. Well, maybe to hold out today for our podcast, but uh, Romans chapter 12, 9 through 10. What is real love? So uh, I'll let you kind of give us a recap, and then I've got some questions for us. Yeah, the thing is, Paul is sitting there, and he is he's letting us know, hey, we've been talking about spiritual gifting, very important. We've been talking about using those gifts within the body of Christ because we are all equal parts. And uh, you've heard me say over the last several weeks, I need you, you, knew, you need me. Uh, it's the way that God has designed it, the way he has set it up. And then he sets there in verse 9, he's like, oh, it's almost like he said, oh, 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 hey, I forgot. I probably should have started off with this. Hmm. Yeah. Hey, it's it doesn't matter. Yeah. You can you can, you can can have any spiritual gift in the world. You can have any natural talent in the world that you might use through spiritual gifting, all these kinds of things. But if you don't have love, it's it's nothing. It's nothing. He... He talks about it even over in First Corinthians, and there he's like, I can have all these things, but if I don't have love, it's like clanging brass or clanging yeah. cymbals, and yeah. uh, I've yet to go through, to a concert <laughs> to where they're like, hey, listen, tonight we're going to have a world-renowned symbolist here, yeah. and all they're going to do for two hours is bang on the cymbals. I would be like... Oh, that's horrible. Why do we even need symbols? And I mean, if you get the guy at the end that does the whole symbols in your life, that's awesome. But Paul is saying these things that I've said, extremely important. It's the way God has chosen to accomplish his will and to get the gospel out through the local body, uh, through the church. But let us understand it is it is fueled by love. You can have the greatest car in the world. And unless you have the fuel to get it to move, then it's just sitting there not accomplishing what it was supposed to accomplish. And so that fuel is love that can only come from uh, a life that is surrendered to Christ and a life that is uh, growing and um, surrendering daily to the work of the Holy Spirit inside of it. So it's all about love. And this is real love. He tells us, matter of fact, Ryan, he even tells us over in John 13, 35, Jesus says, you want to know how everyone will know that you're my disciples? Yeah. You want to know how everyone will yeah. know that you're a child of God? Yeah. By the way, you love. It doesn't have anything to do with how good you preach. It doesn't have anything right. to do with how well you sing. I even say this to our church all the time. 
uh, folks out there are not going to want what we have in here because we have awesome children's programs or we have often awesome vacation Bible school or uh, awesome student ministry in which we do. I would put it up against anybody's. I mean, we got a pretty good young adult ministry, college ministry, if I would to say add to that list. That's true. You That's know, true. You know, anyway, go That's ahead. True. We'll keep going. I was not gonna I was not gonna mention that because <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna let you get that crown, uh that extra jewel in your crown in heaven to lay at the feet of Christ. But now that yeah, you chose to get that it's gone. To yeah. get that here on earth and um, yeah. 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 I'm still working on some things, Pastor Stephen in my life. <laughs> yeah, me too. But what he is saying is they're gonna want they're gonna want what you have, not by the way you do yeah. any of those things, yeah. by the way you love. By the way you love, and that's what people are looking for. We addressed a little bit of it in the pat or in the scripture on Sunday morning when we were saying, "Hey, folks, don't sh- they don't show up at this place saying, you know, what? I tell you what, I'm looking for. I'm looking for a bastion of theology. Mm-hmm. Give me that. Mm-hmm. No, they show up at this place because they're broken. Yeah, they've got broken what dreams and homes and hearts, and they just want to be accepted. And they want to be they want to be loved." So you start making these statements about what real love is. Um, and your first one is, you know, real love is demonstrates sincerity. Uh, and and that one, man, I, I, I think there's some difficult things with that, but yet some simple things with it at the same time. Like, you know, sometimes sincerity is hard. However, you know, if if we were really sincere with people, and I think people need that like people want people in their life to be sincere with them so um real love demonstrates sincerity like no phony no fake no mask uh well and and it's not it is not an excuse to not love right well I, i can't love them sincerely so i'm just not gonna love them at all hang on now that's not what it means it means that you should have a uh, a heart that is so devoted to Christ that it's just the natural byproduct of of that devotion to Him, a love that is sincere. He he says in verse nine, "Let it be without hypocrisy." Yeah, don't don't pretend it to be one thing when it's not really that way. Uh, let that be the driving force again of who you are and what you do. And so, I would say to those who are listening that are like, you know, I really struggle with that. I really struggle with being sincere in my love to other people uh let your prayers be mm, yeah hey god give me a sincere heart give give me a give me a heart that is bubbling over with love folks say well show me an example that i can look to <laughs> okay go no further than jesus <laughs> um and he was so sincere in his love that he, he laid down his life and so it's not it's not that God's calling you to yeah. lay down your your life. He's calling you to live your life, but let that life be a life of of a demonstration of love, and it is sincere. That's who you are. I want to show the love of Christ to other people. Change my heart, God. Change my heart. Change my focus. Change yeah. my, um, well, change everything about me to where I quit being selfish and instead look at it from the viewpoint of these people need a sincere act and a sincere gift of love Mm. and then the next one real love is discerning 
and uh, I, I have I'll let you kind of recap this one, but I have a question in here because you know you talk about how culture doesn't need to be our standard in what love is, but r- real love is discerning. Um, but I, I may interrupt you once you get to this point because I have a question on this one. Yeah, let your love not be that of hypocrisy or love without hypocrisy and then he says hate what's evil love or cling to that which is good so that real love is discerning it means this that you don't sit there and say oh okay since god is love and god loves everyone then that means as well i love everyone hey that's a cool statement (laughs) i love everyone and i love everything no, that is not that is not real love. That is not love without hypocrisy. There is a discerning. It means this: what is good, what is evil. I'm going to hate evil. Why do you hate evil? Because God hates evil. I'm going to hate sin. And let us just it's so so often when we talk about hating sin, we always approach it from hating other people's sin. I'm going to hate the sin. I'm going to love the sinner. Right. I'm going to hate the sin. And I've read the blogs and I've read the articles. Yeah. That's not even biblical. And I'll, oh, come on, friend. Yeah. The you're you know yeah. you're not going to find it chapter and verse, but clearly the 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 premise yeah. is there. The principle, and the doctrine is there. I would even say. Verses nine and ten communicate that very uh, that very principle: hate sin, love the sinner; hate evil, love everyone. But we we when we make that statement, hate the sin, love the sinner, we're, we we automatically think of everybody else's sin, right? No, let how, how about instead we just we let it first take the stop at our own sin? Yeah, yeah, for sure. God, I want to hate my sin. I want to hate that. And that's part of that transformation process that takes place. Naturally, I don't hate my sin. I love my sin. (laughs) Um, And I'm pretty good at it, right? (laughs) Nobody had to give me a class. Here's here's how to be a good sinner. Just this crazy thing, man. I just, I excelled at it. (laughs) Can you say that as a senior pastor? (laughs) Sure you can. Okay. Uh, If you say otherwise, you would lie. (laughs) So it's, it's this... Hey, God, I want to hate that. I want to hate that because that is in direct opposition to who you are. And so what has happened today is when I talk about, you know, um, let it be discerning. What has happened today is we, we, we have this, this overarching umbrella of love everyone, love everyone. And since I, I love everyone, then that means I love everything that everyone does. God does not love everything that everyone does. Yeah. He makes no bones about it. Now, again, I think we struggle with the fact, how in the world can God hate someone's sin yet love them? I would say that's the highest form of love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas we sit there, well, if I really love them, then I'm going to be accepting of, yeah, you're accepting as they, of them as an individual because they are created in the very image of God. I don't have to sit there with my dog. I love my dog. I'm going to be accepting. Well, my dog was not created in the image of God. Right. Well, and, and you talk about this, you know, this idea of culture doesn't need to be our standard. And you say those things. You're like, because what happens is there, there's this kind of these steps where, um, you know, we, we accept it, we pity it, and then we embrace the sin. Um, 
So, but but here's my question. You you made the statement um that that we we've gotten used to evil. So, can you explain what you mean by or can you explain more what it means that we've gotten used to evil? Well, the I've I've heard older pastors make this statement before, and they've been ridiculed for it. But whether you agree with the fact or not, they should have made the statement does not change the fact that the statement is absolutely true. And it goes this way: What used to slink down the alleyways in the darkness of night now parades down Main Street in the brightness of day. Mm. And so that which, as a culture, we have gotten to where, hey, that's cool. It's cool. And again, it goes back to that word tolerance. We, I, I know we've talked about yeah. that in some podcasts before. Tolerance used to mean, you know what? You've got the right to believe anything in the world you want to believe. I mean, that is a freedom that we have uh, being a part of, uh, of the United States of America. Well, it used to be um, a freedom that we had. But Tolerance used to mean this. You can believe whatever you want to believe, and I'm going to tolerate the fact you can believe anything you want to believe. But you know what? I love you enough to where I need to tell you what you're believing is wrong. And so tolerance today is this. You can believe anything that you want to believe. But if I'm tolerant, I'm not going to tell you that it's wrong. Yeah. What would... But now hang on, if, 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 if you're believing something that is in direct opposition to what I believe, at the polar end of the, of the spectrum from what I believe, that if one statement says one thing and then the statement that you say, it cancels out the statement that I've made, then there's no way plausible that you can say, okay, both statements are right. It would be like me saying, hey, listen. It's hot in this, uh, well, no, that'd be a poor example. It'd be like me saying, um, it's raining outside. And you're like, well, no, 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 it's not raining outside. Okay. Man, that's cool. Yeah. If you believe it's not raining outside, it's not raining outside. If I believe it's raining outside, it's raining outside. It can't be both. Yeah. Yeah. It can't be both. And so, and so this is even filtered over into the church. And, and I mean, I, I'll have folks that will just get, get angry uh, that watch by television, in which I still would like to remind folks, it's crazy. I have this little button on my remote at home that will cause me <laughs> to turn my TV off, and I can even change the channel. <laughs> right. Versus I'm going to sit there and watch something that's making me angry that I don't agree with, so then I might, you know, comment about it. So that, Come on. Good. Goodness. But they'll folks that that who profess to be Christ followers who will sit there and say, Oh my goodness, that is so narrow minded that you would say there is only one way when it comes to a certain thing. Please hear me, friend. The gospel is very narrow minded. There, there is only one way when it comes to everything. And that is the way of God, the way of God. Yeah. And so we've, we've, we've allowed all this to happen. And and so we we need to we need to tell folks or well tell folks I guess we we live the example before them that um, hey don't take your cues from culture culture's fickle 
Man, things will change from time to time. It depends on situation. I mean, there are things right now that we embrace, quote, as a nation that 40 years ago we never would have embraced as a nation. I'm amazed at some of the things that I see on commercials that have nothing to do with the commercial. <laughs> yeah. Yet yeah. they're trying to prove a point that never yeah. would have been in a commercial. <laughs> 40 or 50 years ago. And can I just say this? We see and we're exposed to that so often that we're like, yeah, it doesn't even shock me anymore. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't even surprise me. Mm. And that's, that's taking the cues from culture. Culture is fickle. Culture changes. God's word's the same. Yeah. It never changes. It applies to all people at all places in all times. Mm. It is the same. Now, when it comes to building a standard, I can make one of two decisions. Either I'm going to base my standard upon a, uh, a clarion standard that will always be the same, uh, or I'm going to base my standard upon a, an ever-changing standard. And uh, there's nothing more frustrating than trying to hit a mark that is consistently changing. Mm. So the, uh, the next one is real love does something. So real love demonstrates sincerity. Real love is discerning. And real love does something. And you and you kind of made the statement like willing, it's willing to act, not just speak. But then you kind of give us the different types of love. Um, but I also have a question on this one. And we'll, so I'll, I'll, I'll ask that question once you get there. But um, real love does something. It acts. Yeah, it's easy to say I love you. Right. Completely different to show that love. Uh, verbal love is empty. Uh, now, please hear me. And let me just say this to all the guys who may try to pull this out of context <laughs> and say, see, see, I was listening to the pastor and uh, on the podcast. And, uh, you know, I know you want me to tell you that I love you more. And I just uh, he, he just said that I don't need to I don't need to tell you I love you that I can just show you that I love you. Hear me, brother. That is not going to bode well for you. <laughs> you. You'll be trying to get into one of our one of our staff counselors for for a meeting soon. Uh, no, no, it's not either or. <laughs> it's not either. You can tell that them that you love them, or you can show them that you love them. It's not either or. They function together. Right. That's what this whole hypocrisy love is. Don't sit there and say, "Oh, I love you. I love you. I love you." Uh, but you know what? I got no time for you. I love you. I love you. I love you. But pff, don't bother me with your problems. Are you serious? Hey, hey, you got yourself into this mess. Get yourself out of it. Now I love you. But don't expect me to give up my time or my, my yeah. energy to help you. All right. So, and here's my question. And the, uh, talking about this love and it, it there is some action to it. It's it's more than words. What about those people that are difficult to love? What about those people that are just hard to love? Like how how do we do that in in today's culture, especially in the church culture the way it is? Like how do we love those that are hard to love? Yeah, well first of all, we know this. We know that we know that everybody uh well, we, if we're talking about people that are hard to love, and we're not talking about anybody in the church, 
um, because everybody that is a part of a church are always the easiest people in the world to love, myself included. Um, and uh, hopefully you pick up on the humor of that statement. I was trying not to. I was trying not to giggle in the mic. I, don't, it, I, would, I, I lost yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, I would say this. I would say this. Uh, first, first of all, when we talk about people that are hard to love, it, we always sit there and say, "Oh, well, it's this person or it's that person. It's this person. It's that." We always talk about everybody else. I found myself sitting there, and and this is a little opposite subject, but you know, well, that person's crazy. That person's crazy. That person's crazy. Where I, to where I've gotten to the point where I'm like, you know what? I think they're the same people. Sane people. I think I'm crazy. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, that person's hard to love. That person's hard to love. Thank goodness I'm easy to love. <laughs> Who would not want to love me? Uh, well, the reality is, they're probably easy to love. You're probably the hard one. Yeah. How do we do that, man? Let's just let's just. Let's just follow Christ. Scripture says that while we were still his enemies, he died for us. He died for us. Uh, follow the example of, of the love that he has shown to the world, that he would go to the cross and lay down his life for people. I mean, stop and think about this. And I know, I know, I know some folks, their theology, they're going to, they might disagree with this statement, but I'm one of those that believe that Jesus died for the world, uh, that I believe that his salvation is available to all. Um, now, will everyone choose to receive him? No, they won't. Right. No, they won't do it. Does he know who that is or is not going to be? Absolutely. But yet I still don't believe that because he does have knowledge of who will reject him. It doesn't mean that he has said, okay, you have no way to to receive me. You will only reject him. So for those of you who have a little different mindset, who thinks that he created some for heaven and some for hell, you're going to have to walk the road with me. So I'm just going to say, dumb down your theology just a little so you can come on the uh, normal plane with us simple-minded people who believe that the gospel is available to all, that he died even for those that would reject that he laid down his life for those that would mock. Mm. Um, I mean, even if you're one of those that are like, well, no, 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 that's no, I don't, I don't agree with that. You know, he only died for those that would be saved. Okay. All right. Let's, let's go that path. Uh, so I assume you, uh, you became a child of God when, I don't know, right when you came out of the womb, I don't know. First time you ever heard the gospel. No, you still rejected. Yeah. You still rejected. So going back to the original question, how how should I love the unlovely? Look at the example of Christ yeah. and make that a matter of prayer. If you struggle with loving someone, now let's just stop and say this. Loving someone means this. It means being compassionate. It means uh, it doesn't mean giving a license. I mean, my goodness, the highest form of love is to sit there with somebody who's destroying their life and to say, hey, listen, you need to know you're destroying your life. But I love you enough not just to point out that you're destroying your life. I love you enough to say you're destroying your life. Now, can I help you? Yeah. Um, the easy thing is to sit there and and just say, uh, look, forget it. Forget it. Um there, there, there's no hope for them. 
So I'm just going to distance myself. I've even had folks that quote the verse, Ryan, well, hey, the reason why I can love people that I don't really care for is because of the scripture that says that when I really treat them with love, I'm heaping coals upon their head. And yeah, I mean, I want to heap coals upon their head. I, I would assume that's what he means here by uh, don't love with hypocrisy. Yeah, yeah. If your motivation in loving someone is to bring pain into their life, oh, oh man, you you speak a good game, friend. <laughs> yeah. oh. It's not easy. Let it be a matter of prayer. Yeah. Jesus, you got to change me. You got to change me. I go back to the scripture, John 13, 35. The greatest form of evangelism we have, and this is not letting us off the hook from saying, well, I don't have to share my faith because people will see the way I live my faith. I'm calling foul on that one. I'm I'm calling foul. Go 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 ahead and use the words that he gave you. Haul off and tell somebody. You know, don't sit there and say, uh, "Well, if they'll just hang around me long enough, they'll really see Jesus yeah. in my life." It's not either or. Yeah. Use your mouth and live your life, and let them match. So the guy that that mentored me when I was younger. You know, I was I was griping at him when not griping at him. I was griping to him about somebody, and you know, he asked me two questions. He said, "One, um, you know, are are you uh, regularly having some repentance about the things in your own life? And two, are you praying for that person?" He goes, "Because it's really hard to get angry at somebody when you're praying for them, but." It's really hard to focus on other people's sin when you're focusing on your own sin, trying to correct it in your through through Christ. And so, I was like, uh, yeah. So it it took me back for a second. I had to really, you know, really think about, you know, my prayer life. Think about how I was handling things. Think about how I was looking at other people versus looking at my own self. And uh, man, that really that that drastically changed uh, how how I do things and how I handle people and how. I, I view other folks. I'm still working on it, of course, but uh, yeah, praying for them and then dealing with the stuff on your own. It's a big deal. Um, so the last one, love delivers honor. Love delivers honor. And, you know, you talk about advancing other people that, uh, you know, it, it's good to show honor to people. And then you end this, and we'll close it out with this because I think it's just a great point. You talked about... Um, man, how how good marriages and families would be if we truly honored each other and truly loved each other the way Scripture calls us to. Honor is is going against what society says when it comes to how you react to other people. Uh, I would say society, even flesh, says exalt yourself, promote yourself. You know, do what you've got to do to reach the top. Um, there may be some uh, skeletons <laughs> along the way. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, goodness, the guy from uh, from Mars Hill when they were doing that documentary, there was a sermon that he preached, and and you know he was talking about I guess there were their dead bodies behind the the bus of Mars Hill yeah. and piles. Piles, piles of dead bodies uh, behind Mars, the bus of Mars Hill or whatever, but. I mean, clearly that is not that is not Christ. I would say Christ-like, I, and maybe maybe it was pulled out of context. Uh, I would just say piles of dead bodies would not be a good way to describe right. your, your your church, right? Uh, uh, no matter no matter where you find yourself, but 
the honor is I'm not going to use the relationship that I have with you to try to exalt myself or to try to increase uh, myself. Instead, I want to um, I want to give respect to you. Uh, I want to um, I want to see you succeed. I want to put you first instead of trying to use you as a way or as a means to an end to get where I eventually want to be. Mm. And when it comes to the marriages, my goodness, why, why shouldn't I treat them with honor? Right. Uh, if they're a believer, listen, your wife, not only your wife, she's your sister in Christ. Yeah. Your husband's not only your husband, he's your brother in Christ. Uh, I'm amazed. You know, Billy Graham made the statement many years ago, uh, that a, uh, the, the, I guess the the truest, um, the truest example of of a of a follower of Christ is how they live when they're at home. Mm. How do you how do you speak to the people that that are there in that house? How do you treat them? I mean, if you show love and honor and respect to everyone else except the people that are in your household, then I mean, we've got that whole thing backwards. Yeah. And so uh, st- stop sitting there and thinking, and we all do this, stop thinking that God has given you the spouse that he has allowed you to have so that you might be happy or so that you might have a need met or whatever that may be. And instead sit there and say, God has brought that person in my life so that I might, even to my spouse, my kids, my my, my siblings, uh, my parents, so that I might be a, a, a an image bearer of Christ. Mm. I want to show great love to them. Yeah. And uh, I, I think we minimalize what God is doing through the institution of marriage when we just say, uh, well, I have this marriage partner because I need a helpmate or I need... Uh, uh, I need a sexual partner or I need someone to help me pay the mortgage or I need someone to give me kids or whatever the case yeah. may be. Uh, we sell him short when we stop. Well, we sell him short saying that instead we should approach it as no, he has given me the spouse that he has given me the family that he has given me. So he might make me more like him and I might be used by him to draw them closer to him into his very image. So, um, so the last, uh, well, that was it. That was the last point, you know, love, love delivers honor. So I think, you know, in, in this whole idea of love, you know, the real love demonstrates sincerity. Real love is discerning. Real love does something. And, you know, real love delivers honor. Uh, one of the things I wrote is that, you know, real love is going to prove. Like, I, I think, you know, if we if we were to follow what Scripture says, follow how Jesus lived, I can't imagine what, you know, what our society and what our culture would look like, um, man, if people really, really loved the way Jesus did and we looked at his example. Um, well, and and as well, if, if you sit there and find yourself, well, I just don't feel like loving that person. I just don't feel like loving that person. Hey, friend, listen to me. Obedience is not feelings. Right. Obedience is just that. Uh, obedience. Mm. You know what? I'm going to choose to love them 
regardless of my feelings. I mean, uh, I've even said this, fake it till you feel it. Um, <laughs> go ahead and haul off. It's, it's kind of like what you said with you know the advice that you were given, which is great advice. Yeah. Hey, if you're struggling with somebody, if there's somebody that you have uh, ill will towards, bad feelings, you know, start praying for them. And it'll change it'll change the way that you um, that that you view and you even respond to that individual. Yeah. Well, I would sit there and say, if you're sitting there saying, I just don't feel like loving them, I just don't feel like this, I don't feel like that. Well, go ahead anyway. Yeah. Go ahead anyway and and do it. And who knows? Uh, feelings sometimes are secondary to action, and your feelings may catch up with your action. <laughs> right. There was a wife. I'll give you an example, and and we'll close. There was a wife. That um, she was just sick and tired of her husband. He 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 had no honor for her, no respect for her. He had he had done and he had said things that just I mean they devastated her. And so she went to a counselor and she was sharing with this counselor what had happened in the marriage. And she said, um, "Here's what I want to do. I want to hurt him the way that he has hurt me." Mm. And here's what the counselor said. He said, "Well, here's what I would encourage you to do." Go home, wait on him hand and foot. Do, do, do everything in the world he asks you to do. Matter of fact, don't even wait for him to ask you. Do it. Shower him with love. Shower him with affection. Pray for him. Uh, every opportunity you get, tell him how important he is to you, how much he, you love him and you care for him. And just when he thinks that your love is unconditional, then tell him. You hate him, you can't stand him, and you're done, and you're leaving, and that'll destroy him. He said, now, you know, go do that, and then and then come back and, and see me again. Several weeks go by. She never calls to make another appointment. He waits. He finally calls. By this time, it's a couple of months into this. He calls, gets her, says, hey, listen, when are you going to come back, and when when you, when are we going to have an appointment and, and talk again? Tell me about what happened here. She goes, what do you mean? And he goes, you know, about you leaving your husband and, and you hurting your husband. And she said, what? Are you kidding me? I would never hurt my husband. I would never leave my husband. He's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Uh, so again, that that goes back yeah. to, man, just do it. Feelings are secondary. Yeah. Feelings follow action. Um, so. Well, as always, Pastor Stephen, thank you for just walking us through the text. Thank you for always pointing to Jesus. Thank you for just taking the time, man. Um, I, I know you're busy. I know you got a lot of stuff on your schedule, but you always take time to make sure people understand the word, make sure people um, understand how much you love them, how, understand how much Jesus loves them. So we just thank you for your time today. Thank you for listening to The Unchangeable Truth, and we'll see you next week. Hey guys, this is Stephen Kyle, and I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today, Unchangeable Truth. Uh, this is a ministry of Highland Park Baptist Church in Panama City, Florida, and we would love for you to visit us if you ever find yourself in the Panama City area. Our address is 2611 Highway 231 North. You can also learn more about our church and its ministry by going to our website, www. Dot Highland and it's H I L A N D Park.org. There you'll learn more about what we believe, what we teach 
about the gospel of Jesus Christ. There'll also be a sermon archive there so you can go and listen to various sermons over the last several years. As always, we would love to talk to you about your relationship with Jesus Christ. So feel free, shoot us an email, info at highlandpark.org. If you'd like to learn more about Jesus and what it means to follow him, our prayers are that you would draw near to Christ, that this podcast would be used to point you to Jesus and to help your faith grow and your walk increase. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening.